program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. You see, I'm not standing and preaching because I'm this well-known theologian. Dude, I got kicked out of school when I was in ninth grade. And it's because I smacked my principal. It was crazy. I had a problem. I went to Bible college. I got thrown the second day. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a very sharp guy. It's, I'm an idiot. I know that. I'm a very short-tempered guy. I get very irritated. But there's one thing that I know. I've responded to the gospel and he's dealt with my shame. I'm not ashamed of my lack of education. I mean, I did, did get trained and educated and did ministry for many years under beautiful, beautiful leaders and mentors that, that trained me really well. When I sit to study the Bible, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the Holy Spirit shows me stuff that, oh my God, it's crazy. I was telling this to my wife. Whenever I sit, I normally write my commentaries and then I go and I read like these crazy expensive commentaries from theologians and sometimes it's word for word, it's amazing. I'm like, God, you really are able to teach me from your word, it's crazy. Because what happens is, when you respond to gospel, he takes away your shame because Satan always gives bringing back my past. He's like, hey, you remember what you do when you're 12 years old? You remember you're 13 years old? And I told you this before, a pastor friend of mine once told me, he says, whenever Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. When we collectively as a church will smash his head in. Okay? And that's what's gonna happen. And so. You don't have to worry him bringing your shame before you. You gotta trust Jesus. You gotta trust the Holy Spirit. You gotta let trade that shame for joy that will burst out as courage. It's crazy, crazy, crazy what the gospel does. So, anyways, I know I said courage instead of courage. <laughs> believers, believers in the New Testament were known for their courage, even in the face of danger and in threats of death. Look at what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. It says, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they may rise again to a better life. How crazy is this that mothers watching their children being torn apart this is, this is tough. Because this happens where I'm from in India. Where before the pastor's very own eyes, they will tear the children apart. And there'll be the news media covering it. And they refused to renounce the name of Jesus. And I've seen this on videos in India, not too far from where I live. You know what the parents are doing? They're singing songs to Jesus. They're worshiping him. And they know that for the children to be absent, the body is to be present with the Lord. And some of them, even in their death, they're still smiling. Even, even death couldn't steal that joy away. That's what the Bible says. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But here we are women that were tortured. They refused to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Ah, from head to toe, sawn in two. They were killed with swords. They, were about, they went about in skins, in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Once again, around the world, there are people who actually live this way that the world is not worthy of. I know friends who have been kicked out of their homes because they came from a Hindu home or a Muslim home and they follow Jesus and they're thrown out. And they're wandering in the jungles in India sharing the gospel with anybody they come across and they get beat up. And just like what you read about Paul, they have bruises all over their face. I remember one guy who came and shared his testimony once in our church, and he forever has this, this swollen eye. Just like what Paul did, he, had, he said, you know, the eye that kept on oozing pus. 
In today's day and age, however, in America, this doesn't make sense to us because we don't see it happening. But I want you to know that persecution is coming for us. And it's already here and you maybe don't recognize it. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, that persecution is not them coming after your body. They're coming after your emotions. They're coming after your mind. They will tear you down with their words. Before, in front of a thousand people, they will tear you down with a smile on your face and no one else is going to get it, but you're going to get it. And they're going to bring shame into your life. We're living in a time where there's threats for the church being opened. There's threats when you open the church. There's threats when you play, pray in public. Persecution looks very different in America. You carry a Bible, they assume something about you. You sit in a restaurant, you pray, and they assume something about you. You're bigoted, you're hateful, you're racist. What are you going to do, church? Are you going to keep your mouth mum? Are you going to stay at home and just watch church live stream because you don't want to stir the boat? Are you going to be courageous for the sake of the gospel and take a stand and don't care what people say and continue to walk in faith and continue to walk in love knowing that the gospel has taken away your shame and its place put joy and brought courage like never before. I'm not trying to make a political statement over here, but when religion is politicized, we choose Jesus more than anything else. It's okay to be ridiculed. It's okay to be made fun of. And I told you, you will lose your friends and it's okay as long as you have Jesus. I know for a fact that this is happening to many of you because just for the very reason that I went to DC to pray for the country, I got hate mail from friends. I was criticized. When I put up the picture of thousands of people on their knees praying for repentance and revival in this country, I was criticized by Christians. Cowards who do not know how to stand for the gospel, who will send me a personal message criticizing and tearing me down. What are you going to do when you're torn down? Are you going to give in and say, you know what, I better shut my mouth. You know what I started doing? I said, I'm going to post more stuff about the love of Jesus, about how Jesus has saved me, how Jesus has washed me, how he's taken away my shame. And once again, not to make a political statement. Sorry, when lies is beating its drum so loud, truth cannot shut up. And it doesn't mean that you're going to post or be like, if you disagree with me, unfriend me. That's stupid. That's not the gospel. No. Instead, we'll continue to talk about what Jesus has done in our life. Man, he took, he took away my shame. He's put joy. And he's brought a courage in me to continue to love you. Every single time I get hate mail, I say, hey, let's have coffee together. I'll pay. Let me really listen to you. One of the reasons why I want to do this trip is because I really wanted to talk to people from different races, from people that have been hurt. And I really want to hear from them. What are you hurt about? And I want to challenge you, Christians. You've got to be careful the narrative that you believe. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of shame? Or are you going to believe the report of your Lord? I'd rather believe the report of my Lord who says he's taken away my shame. I'd rather believe the report of my God who says that he has a plan and a purpose for me. I'd rather believe the report of my God who says before the foundation of the earth was laid, he's chosen me and he's chosen you and he died for you and his blood is able to set you free. And, and no matter what comes your way, whether it be absent the body, it's to be present with him. So whether in life or in death, God is glorified. And Paul continues to say, it's my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed of, but with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. A great expectation of a person should be, once they've received the gospel, to receive essential joy. And this joy should break the chains of fear. Those chains of fear should fall away. It should set you free to live the life that God has ordained for you. A life that's unashamed and full of courage. And once again, I want to warn you. Today, we have quite a few people over here. And there are quite a few people watching at home. And one day, you'll have to stand alone and make this decision. And courage comes from the gospel 
to give you the stance to be able to boldly stand and say, do none go with me, still I will follow. Take my life, but I will have Jesus. You have to be able to do that. Paul continues and he says, only let your, verse 27, I'm going to skip a few verses and we'll get back to it. Verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is very important and in context of what we're talking about. You can go back home and look at this in Greek. Worthy of the gospel of Christ. He's playing on words. What he's saying is, if you were to literally translate it, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy as citizens of the gospel. Yes, we want to stand for truth in this country. We want to stand for the marginalized. We want to stand for those who are being oppressed. We want to stand against unrighteousness. We want to stand for justice. We want to stand for what's true. But do not forget that your citizenship is in heaven. And let your manner of, I love it, that he says, hey, listen, listen, all this is good. You've got to stand courageous because the emperor is going to come against you. Stand courageous. Keep on fighting. Keep the church going. Open the doors. Keep preaching the gospel. But let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Don't forget that you're citizens of the gospel. Philippi was a Roman colony. Philippi took pride in being a Roman. They went, they went Rome, but they dressed like Rome. They spoke like Rome. They, they followed the emperor like Rome did. Their currency was Roman. And they took pride in being Roman. And Paul says, I know Philippi church, you're America, but don't forget who your emperor is. Don't forget who your king is. Don't forget who it is that actually saved you, that transformed you, that, that, that is giving you daily sustenance. It's not coming from your country, it's coming from your king of kings and lord of lords, who you should be a faithful citizen of. Be a citizen of Jesus, be a citizen of the gospel. And then he says, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I'm hear that you are standing firm, look at that, standing firm, standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side side by side for the faith of the gospel this makes me assume that there's this problem with division in the philippi church and he says listen man whether i'm there or not i want to know that you are standing side by side with one mind and in unity please know this unity does not mean uniformity unity in the church does not mean that everybody looks like me listen you are crazy in 300 more ways than I am and I want you to be that way okay unity does not mean we all look the same and talk the same so don't go to one of these life groups and say they're not like me be happy when they're not like you be happy when I come here and I'm so vastly different from the way you grew up because the kingdom of God is so variety it's, it's beautiful unity does not mean uniformity unity means in our differences we choose to gather around the gospel. We're living in a time where even the church is divided over denominations and theology and doctrines instead of being united at the foot of the cross saying whether black or white or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Baptist, we all have embraced this man, Jesus Christ, who died and took away our sin. We've divided over so many different things. We're divided and even in our church, even in churches, we have people tearing other believers down, criticizing others. We've got to come together and unite. And Paul says, listen man, whether I'm there or not, whether I'm preaching or not, I." need you living church to come together side by side shoulder to shoulder where the same fox soul our enemy is not you our enemy is not your enemy is satan we got to smash his head and we got to go out this way we, it's okay old young different guy speaks like crazy he spits he drinks rock star and and one guy's levi you know it's like no we all are together in this and we go in the same direction i love you bro okay and here this is cool verse 28 if you have your bible with you I want you to underline this, please. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. And not frightened in anything. See, please listen to me. He's not saying, be frightened if they're bringing your past before you. He's not saying, be frightened if they're questioning your theology. Be frightened if they start speaking to you in tongues, man. Hey, then, you know, run for your life. 
and not frightened in anything. What are they going to do? Because see, Paul had opposition in the church, outside the church. He had opposition in the garment. I mean, this dude is chained between two Roman soldiers. Don't be afraid in anything that your opponents bring you. And then he unpacks it. And this is crazy. This has been, oh my gosh, en fuego passage right here. I haven't used that word in a long time. Not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign. Please pay attention. Please, if you've not listened to anything, too bad for you. Go back and listen to it, but pay attention now. This is a clear sign. Your courage that comes from the gospel, so your courage that comes when you traded your shame for joy and the joy produces courage, that courage is a clear sign to them of the destruction. So you have people who are opposing you, you have people who are tearing you down. When you continue to walk with the courage of the gospel that comes from your shame being traded for joy and there's this overwhelming fire of passion like we sang, holy fire burn within me and you're like, nothing is gonna stop me. That is a clear sign of their destruction and it gets better of your salvation. Salvation that comes from bad biblical teaching or salvation that comes from a lack of the Holy Spirit's discernment, in case you wondered, he says, a salvation that comes from God himself. A salvation that comes from his own presence, from his own mouth. You see, folks, if the gospel has failed you, that's not the gospel at all. Because the gospel is a reflection of a God who never fails. So if the gospel has failed you for 20 years, 30 years, it doesn't matter how many years you've called yourself a Christian. If it's failed you and if you don't have this lack of shame that brings joy, that infuses you with courage, <laughs> you might as well be an agnostic. What I see in the Bible, and I want to challenge you again, dear God, this, this drives me nuts when people think that, oh, that was just for the apostles. It's not for you. It's, you know, you got to be 18 years or older for you to have the Holy Ghost. Okay, mm. that, that ticks me off because I've heard that. We demean others. Oh, man, is anybody excited over here about this? I told you our vision for our church is to grasp the moment. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.